It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Hi. This is Jason Alder from AB Motorsports, and you're listening to the Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the 30th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore horsepower sport of the year. It's episode 163 of the series. Last week's Redmonds are behind us, hopefully. Are gone for a few more months. I'm with Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, we had a guest to talk about the Rose Cup races in Portland, reviewing the Trans Am race of last weekend, and discussing whatever other more sports topics up in the conversation. Unfortunately, Michael Molly will not be joining us again this week as she is battling a bit of laryngitis. She should be back in two weeks. Let's start by reviewing the Super Chevy show held this past weekend at Palm Beach International Raceway, shall we? Unfortunately, the show wasn't as super as you would have intended to expect by the information by the information that the track provided. They promised groundbreaking nitro cars and fuel alters from earth shaking entertainment like Extreme Pursuit and Boston Strangler, which normally bring plenty of spine action to the Super Sherry Pro Show. Now, the pros weren't bad, but they definitely weren't ground pounding. The uh, Extreme Pursuit was an interesting-looking machine. It looked like it was probably a funny card in its previous incarnation that had been turned into an altered-type car. It was a police-themed machine. Kind of cool. You can look it up, I'm pretty sure, by searching Extreme Pursuit in your favorite browser. Boston Strangler is a historic funny car. It probably would classify as a pro-statue funny car in its current uh, points scheme for the International Hot Rod Association as well as probably a nostalgia funny car for the NHRA. Pretty cool, but two fancy cars do not make pro show. There were other cars there as well. The crowd favorite Billy Wagner wheel standard, which I honestly don't remember seeing. So funny cars are pretty cool to look at, but there weren't very many of those. And Southern Slinks that nostalgia front engine dragster. There were several of those there in Philly. They were pretty cool. It's kind of weird to have because they're not really Chevys. Neither is the uh, is the the Boston Strangler or the Boston Challenger. Those are Dodgers. So kind of didn't fit the Super Chevy theme of the evening. For a price of twenty dollars for adults, children are twelve free. You expect at least a little show, and that's what we got. A little show. The field was fairly small. Track wasn't in the most appealing shape. In fact, it was probably the worst I've seen it in several years. And the announcer was nowhere to be heard. There was a small attempt at having an announcer at some point in the event, but it was really small. It didn't it didn't make it go over very well. It was actually quite sad if you think about it. They did have a decent sized car show, however, where they charged an entry fee of thirty dollars and ten dollars for one spectator. Car club prices were just $25 each. Just remember that the car clubs that were presented, that were present there, there were some 
a pretty decent uh, representation from local Chevy-based car enthusiasts. However, there are bigger shows that publish outlets on a monthly basis. I'm trying to drive every so often. They're free. So, there's that. They also have a tiny spot meet where participants paid for 10 by 10 space for 50 bucks. There really wasn't a spot meet there. I didn't. I thought that was probably three or four different um, spot meet stands. And there's been bigger spot meets in the past by far. So, it, it really was a was a and not a very good show. It really wasn't. And uh, it was very unfortunate. An interesting option that they talked about this past weekend was the $50 track experience. The track experience would have allowed anyone to drive their personal car on Palm Beach International Raceway's road course and autocross track under controlled conditions. These were restricted, and the lead follow will be used on the road course. Unfortunately, though, it seemed like no one chose this option. That would be a pretty cool option, though. I don't think my... Uh, my 2010 Scion XB is exactly set up for a $50 experience. I have had cars in the past, however, that would have been pretty awesome to, to race on the Palm Beach International Raceway Road course. But there weren't any takers for that on, on Saturday. Anyway, it might have been on Friday. I don't know. I wasn't there on Friday. But I know there was definitely a smaller uh, event on Friday as opposed to Saturday's full day of, of racing. And the bad thing is, if you paid for a full day of racing, you wouldn't be there for a full day. Um, really wasn't enough to see. Um, I was there for about three and a half hours, uh, total time at the track. Maybe a little less than three and a half hours, total time at the track. And in that three and a half hours, we pretty much saw everything that was there. We saw the entire car show. We saw the, the, uh, the whole paddock area where all the cars were set up. And we saw pretty much every single car go down the track some several times. So it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't a whole day activity. I can see we spent a, a couple hours there and for 20 bucks. It's not too bad for a couple hours, but it wasn't it wasn't good. And and that's just pretty sad for Palm Beach National. We've had a lot better events in the past. In fact, I was wearing a 2014 Nitrogram shirt there. And the, the IHRA Palm Beach National. That was an amazing event in 2014. That was only five years ago. Um, and it's pretty sad how far the International Hot Rod Association and uh, Palm Beach International Rally in particular have fallen in those five years. Now, that does, we have talked about that numerous times on this program about the, uh, the niche market that auto racing currently fills, but it's just, it's just really bad. Uh, hopefully, it improves. There were multiple classes of drag racing there, top eliminator box and the mayor no box, and Chevy Runway Broad, as well as the Chevy Truck Index. Um, some of those cars are pretty awesome to look at. There's a, a wide variety of automobiles there. Uh, some of them are former pro stock cars, some of them would might be considered pro mod cars, and some of them are, are pretty much stock cars right off the street. There's dragsters and other sorts of Machines there, racing machines, pure racing machines. We need to see that. But again, it wasn't a very, very big field. The field was really small, in fact. It was just, it was really, really small. So it wasn't the best, and it, it needs to improve. The Super Chevy Shows is supposed to be the premier destination for all things Chevrolet. Hopefully next year, they can work on making it. So 
Tickets are on sale now for the famous 59th annual Rose Cup races. The 2019 event will take place July 12th through July 14th at the historic Portland Air National Raceway and will feature GT4 America and GC America professional races, plus four race groups showcasing the best amateur racers in the Northwest. A Portland Race Festival event, Rose Festival event, presented by Friends of PIR. The Rose Cup races feature racing com- competitors from both Oregon Regional Sports Car Club of America and the Cascade Sports Car Club. This year's amateur race groups include the Big Boar FO PIR Rose Cup feature race, presented by Oficio Singapore. Large displays and engines like Cobras, Camaros, Mustangs, Chevy, GC350s, Cobras, and Porsches are all represented in the class. Three classes within one race called RC1, RC2, and RC3, depending on performance level. This Technology Challenge, presented by Casa Bella Granite, Marble Sports, famous for tough battles and finishes, they're just inches apart. These Mazda Miatas are also in the fight for seat long championship in the Northwest Spec Miata Tour. Spec Racer Ford Showdown, presented by Market of Choice. Open cockpit financial sports car racers, powered by 1.6 liter Ford engines, with the focus on the drivers. Having fed a group with multiple lead changes throws up a common occurrence. And finally, the Vintage Grand Prix presented by Columbia Roofing. A Rose Cup is tradition with a wide variety of brands and iconic models. They will have fans reminiscing about their favorite cars when they were growing up. These four amateur race groups who augment professional racing groups, including the newly named uh, GT4 America and TC America Professional Racing Series, which features a large variety of makes and, ext- and models with extremely close and exciting racing and a sprint car race doubleheader. Double we look forward to professional racing Saturday and Sunday. The Rose Cup races we featured practice and qualifying on July 12th, and racing events on July 13th and 14th. Gates open at 7.30 a.m. daily, the cars on course at 8.30 a.m. on Friday and Saturday, and 9 a.m. on Sunday. Races run until early evening. Tickets are on sale now at rosecup.com. Admission costs $30 for three-day ticket with inside parking. Single-day tickets run $10 on Friday, $20 on Saturday, and $20 on Sunday. Admission for children ages 12 and under is free, with accompanied by paying adults. Present and past members of the military receive free admission with valid ID to the gate. Parking costs only $5 for a single day, $15 for a weekend pass, and $175 for a motorhome pass. It includes two-day, three-day admission, two or three-day admission tickets, excuse me. A limited number of camping spots, non-motorhome, tent, small travel trailer, etc. Three-day tickets are available for $60. Include one admission ticket and a location by turn number seven. <clears throat> Cup races were the first major event held at PRR in 1961, and has taken place annually ever since. Learn more at rosecup.com and follow Rose Cup Races at Rose Cup Races on social media using the hashtag RoseCup59.
this point, we're now pleased to welcome Gary Bachman of the Rose Cup Racers to the program with a little bit of stuff to tell us about the event. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Hello, Adam, Gary Bachman. Great to talk to you this evening. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the Rose Cup Racers first off? Well, actually, Adam, it's great. Thank you for all uh, your information tonight. The the Rose Cup is in our 59th year this year. Next year will be our 60th year. This began in the, uh, the track was kind of beginning in the late 1958, 1959. And then uh, we actually had Cascade Sports Car Club put the first Rose Cup race on in 1961. And then SCCA took over the races in the uh, in the early 1960s. And in Friends of PIR, this will be our fourth year this year of handling the Rose Cup race ourselves. And I know there's lots of different classes and everything, but how many teams do you expect to show up for the race? Well, we're hoping that uh, this year in the uh, GT America, we should have a good 25 cars coming from the GT group, probably up to about 40 cars at the TC America. And then we should have, between the Spec Miata, Spec Racer Ford, the Rose Cup Racers, and the Vintage cars, we should have at least 150 of the own cars uh, from the Portland area and the Northwest that are coming to race. So we're going to have somewhere in the vicinity of 200, 220 cars throughout the weekend. It should be great to watch. Sounds like it's only be a great event. Um, what's the track record there? Well, there's a number of different track records. Last year in GT4, uh, it was a, a 116. In T- TC race, it was a 119. So 116, 119 for the... Uh, for the cars coming from World Challenge. Um, GT1 car, the last they ran a couple of years ago, I think uh, Todd Harris uh, did like a 113. Uh, Spec Matters are about a 129, I think is the lap record now. Spec Racer Ford's about a 123. And then a whole bunch of different vintage cars, some slower and some faster. But all depends on the, on the horsepower of the car and, and uh, which group is running. And what do you think is the most exciting part of the weekend? I think that the most important part for the spectators is that we're going to have races going on with a 10-minute break in between. Not only do we have the professional race groups here with World Challenge, uh, but we also have the four local uh, races here from the different groups that we have. So basically you come out to watch race at 9 o'clock in the morning when the track goes hot. Without about a 10-minute break in between, you're going to be able to watch a lot of great races. Some races like Spec Miano, where you could have, it's kind of like a NASCAR race, you know, 10 or 15 cars all in the lead going for passes. and um, It's going to be a great weekend with, with a lot of activity for the spectators for the entire day. And let's go ahead and ask one more question. What the, uh, who's the, the most famous person to win the Rose Cup races? Um, the most famous person, I think, would be uh, a gentleman, a local gentleman that's raced for a million years here, uh, Monty Shelton. Monty Shelton uh, did one dozens of the Rose Cup races over the years, um, everything from Porsches to, to, uh, to Trans Am cars to all kinds of cars. I think Monty Shelton would be my number one pick. Awesome. And where can my listeners go for more information about the event? The best place to go would be rosecup.com. 
And then uh, if you can't claim to get onto RoseCup.com, you can always go to PortlandInternationalRaceway.com and uh, click on the Rose Cup. That is RoseCup.com. The event's going to be coming up in the middle of uh, July, and uh, tickets are all on sale now. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming to the program this evening. And hope you have a great event out there. I'm trying to get one of the people from Speedway Digest to come out to the out to the racetrack for that event, and hopefully we'll uh, get you some more coverage that way, too. That would be awesome. Thank you very much for your support. Thank you. Have a great evening. All right, you too. Good night. Once again, that was Mr. Gary Bachman, who represents the Rose Cup races held out there in Portland International Raceway. As I stated a moment ago, I'm trying to, to get uh, somebody from SpeedwayDigest.com, probably Michael Mullally herself there, to head out to the race truck at Portland. I know she's been there before, and we're going to go ahead and, and knock on wood that she's able to head up again this year for the, the race at Portland International Raceway. Both the Rose Cup races as well as the the IndyCar race that takes place in September. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of sport. Contact either Michael or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. While we're standing by for our next guest this evening, let's go ahead and listen to a selection from Ron Pastana and Pitru. This is Devil in Your Helmet. about your race car It sure looks bent Will you be here next week And are we still friends I really didn't mean it It was a racing deal I got a little too close It got a little too real Then you checked up in the corner and I tapped you in the rear You went spinning somewhere and it's all so clear There's a devil in your helmet Who's on tonight? Devil in your helmet Giving bad advice It's been a good day so far I put her in the show Sitting nice and pretty outside front row Two laps later is on a rail Going for the lead With the devil on my tail Then wham, bam, thank you ma'am Where'd they all go? Late break, burn, turn There's the wall, no Please not the radiator Please not the clip You may be the savior But here's a little tip Well there's a devil in your helmet Who's on tonight Devil in your helmet Put her on the trailer, take her to the shop Lay in bed, toss and turn, well shouldn't I not Plan a little payback, plan a little hell. Y'all shake your hands, pal, but only time will tell. 
And New Perfect Drive, Stephen Davidson, Realtors number 22, DaVinci, Plastic Surgery, Aston Martin Vantage to score the GT class victory. Terry Hitch won the Master's Award in the TA class following a 10th place finish in the number 18 advanced composite products, Cadillac ETSV. As the winner of the TA class, Ryan Dyson took home the $500 Emco, T- Emco Gears Top Gear Award, while Hurley received the Cool Shirt Cool Pass of the Race Award for his big move on the way to the podium. The TA, SGT, and GT drivers have a two-month break before returning to First for the fourth. For full results, standings, awaiting photos, visit gotransam.com. The TA2 powered by AM machines will stay double header event in Detroit this weekend as part of the combined IndyCar and AMSO Brother Tech event weekend. And we're looking forward to that race. It should be pretty cool. While we're standing for our next driver, Chris Dyson, let's go ahead and listen to at least a segment of Dirt Track Racing by Ron Pistana.
It was Dirt Track Racing by Ron Vassin, the pit crew. And now, we are pleased to welcome Chris Dyson to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Hello, hi, I'm great. First off, congratulations on your victory this past weekend at Lime Rock. Tell us a little bit more about the race. Well, it was uh, it was an exciting race for us. It, um, Lime Rock is my uh, my home track, and uh, it, it was the uh, fourth round of the Trans Am Championship. And you know, we were we've had a couple of tough races coming into the weekend. So um, I was excited heading into the track, very confident, and the car was brilliant from the word go. You don't get too many weekends like this. You got to savor it. The car was fastest in every single session, and we led every single lap. Uh, and that's that's uh that's an unusual but great experience when it happens. We understand your family has a long history in Lime Rock Park. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what it meant to add another win to the Dyson Dynasty? Well, we, you know, we, we've got, I've been going to Lime Rock since I was a little boy. Um, probably, you know, I would say probably since the early 80s. And, uh, you know, I've been watching my dad race there forever and, and uh, he's had some, some, really memorable victories there and 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 uh you know a lot of those memorial day weekends really planted the seeds of my dreams for what i wanted to accomplish in racing and and you know lime rock was always you know i think when you're a little kid the home track is the home turf so you know a lot of my formative club racing uh you know scca days were, were were i cut my teeth there and uh imsa obviously did a lot of racing there with uh with the american le mans series um, so this was my first time visiting the track uh, with the Trans Am Series, and it was wonderful because we got to run on the traditional circuit, which is just brilliant. And uh, to stand in Victory Circle with my family and friends there, uh, you know, both my parents there, was just a dream come true. What's your favorite thing about being a Trans Am driver? I love the cars. I think the cars are just fantastic. You know, they're they're. I, I love that we get to race these monstrous 850 horsepower, unapologetic, brutally fast vehicles in this modern day and age, uh, where racing has become very sanitized, very dull, very automated. I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, you've done things with the cars that are advancements, but they take away a lot of the driver's input from the equation. I like that the Trans Am cars really force the drivers to do their job and c- to control, in essence, what's, you know, an, an unadulterated beast. And uh, I like the fact that the races are, are good length. Um, you know, you've got a great camaraderie in the paddock, good hard racing with the competitors. 
and uh, you know it's it's you're, you're you're looking at you know an hour long sprint race. There's no let up the whole way. So all those things put together, you know, uh, plus the fact that Trans Am is a a series that's you know over half a century old with a straight line back to its heritage. You know, to be part of that continuum, it's really special. Growing up, what was your racing label? Ooh, um, boy, I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of influences. Um, I can't say there was just one. I mean, obviously, I you know my father was my hero growing up. I think uh, you know I think that's the case for a lot of boys, but in my case, you know, he really was. Um, you know, as far as as far as racing heroes, I, I had a lot of guys that I thought would be great models um, and certainly from the road racing side I mean I got to grow up in IMSA in the 1980s so if you looked at any of those car owners and, and their their drivers you know I could name you know half a dozen of them you know I mean Al Holbert, Derek Bell, um, Klaus Ludwig, um, Price Cobb obviously and you know James Weaver probably the most influential guy in my racing career um, was, was part of the family forever um, and a true hero of mine um, you know, and that's that's just on the road racing side. And you know, clearly we had other drivers I looked up to. You know, in other disciplines. Um, you know, certainly on the circle track side. Um, but certainly from a from a road racing perspective, you know, any of those guys from the '80s were kind of my heroes growing up. What's your most memorable racing moment? Boy, I got to say this this last weekend is right up there. I mean, you know, I I was. Uh, you know, I was racing in the Hoosier 100 last Thursday, and I had an accident, and uh, a pretty bad one. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there in, in the hospital getting scanned at Methodist Hospital out in Indiana, and uh, the one thing on my mind was, my God, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss, I might miss Lime Rock. And as I sat there kind of thinking it through in my mind, I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to miss Lime Rock. So, you know, you always play out in your head kind of the ideal weekend. And little did I know that the ideal weekend was going to happen you know, while I was still pretty banged up from a pretty bad accident. But uh, I told my dad on Thursday night he was going to have to tie me to the bed in the hospital to keep me away from my home track. And to be out there on this last Monday and win that race with my family there, beautiful weather, you know, after some of the tribulations we'd been through the previous couple days, it's got to be right up there for me. Um, You know, obviously winning the Watkins Glen six hours the first time I did it was great. Winning a couple IMSA championships was great. But I have to say, Monday was definitely one of the most memorable days of my racing career. Well, I think you've been in several different major series all over the world in the, the past several years. What's your most uh, most favorite race that you've ever been in? Um, my most favorite event? or um, I would say that, you know, really the first Le Mans I did was phenomenally exciting, I think, because it was so new and because it's just such an overwhelming experience to be there. I was in one of the fastest cars in the race, and I was quite young, but, you know, it had been something that had been a dream of mine forever. Um, and I would I would rank that experience right up there as far as just top experience of events as a driver. What's your race? goal for 2019? Well, I, I, obviously, the, the, 
you know, our, our agenda is usually pretty short. You know, we go racing to win races and to win championships, and, and uh, we've got a really good shot of doing that in the Trans Am this year. Um, you know, we finished third last year, and it was a rookie season for me. We learned a lot. Uh, I think we're putting those lessons to good use here, and, and I think Lime Rock was a real turnaround. You know, we took the championship lead. Um, I would just like to keep having weekends like we had this last weekend, and if we do that, and trouble-free reliability, we should be right up there at the end. Um, I've also been competing in the Silver Crown Series in USAC this year, and uh, that's been going pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to be up in the top ten in points if we can do, manage that. That plus the Trans Am Championship, that would just be a dream season for me. It seems that now it's a sort of a transition in the world of motorsports. Where do you see it in the, the sport as a whole in the next five years? Well, it's, I think I think it's it's you know it, that's a deep topic actually, and uh, you know that could be a, a long discussion. But I think you know if you look at racing around the country, it still has a really strong fan base, and you know I think that as long as the promoters and the venues remain vibrant, uh, the sport will remain strong, and uh, you know the the series themselves are continually having to innovate to. Uh, get fans attracted, attract new fans. And uh, I think with all of the new media that's out there, if it's used correctly, um, there's, a, there's a, great, a great way for the sport to, to remain uh, relevant, but also to, to be amplified. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what could lie ahead for, for auto racing, and, and obviously I'm in it. So I've got a vested interest in its success. But, um, you know, anybody who goes to you know, a race and experiences up close and personal, the visceral, you know, excitement of seeing these cars, the sounds, the, the sights, and the community that's around it. You know, that, when you couple in the social media element of being able to remain engaged in events beyond their completion and to constantly stay involved and interact with drivers and teams on a direct basis as a fan, you know, it, it's a great sport, it's a unique sport, and it's no less exciting as a spectacle than, it, than it's ever been. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program this evening, and hope you have a great season in the in both the Trans Series as well as the USAC Series. And hopefully, we can talk again maybe after the year and, and see how it's every month. It'd be my pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Okay. Take care. Good night. Once again, that was Chris Dyson, who in his own way is a racing legend. He's been in all sorts of different, different racing series. He's been around the sport for, for at least the past 30 years. His family's been in it for a long, long time. And hopefully it has a, a, has a great future, I think, because he his insight about the Trans Am series. is something I've heard before from, from Andretti and others. Uh, it's it's kind, of, kind of interesting. The, the cars are something to see. And hopefully a lot of people watch to see them. Uh, I also agree with his, his stance on the future of motorsports, as we've talked on this program at length at times. Uh, that is really the, the key, is to uh, to engage the fans, have facilities that are, that are state-of-the-art, that have a, put on a good show, and to uh, to keep things going, keep the conversation going. And, and there's always going to be a, at least a little bit of a, of a fan base for motorsports. Uh, my issue... Uh, this past weekend at Palm Beach International is the fact that they, they seem to, to get going pretty well with the 
for a short period of time, and then it slips back. And then they go forward again, and then it slips back. And the previous is that it slips further back, and then it just sort of stops. Now, there are amazing people who work out there, amazing people. We had a great time. Uh, they were very friendly, and I had a, a small issue that was taken care of rather quickly. Absolutely, and that's great. Um, I don't think that would happen at all, all venues or across the country. Um, so that was cool. But it definitely needs some help, and I think that's sort of the trick, is to to invest the time, to invest the money in the facility, the people, as well as the sport as in a whole. And I think that if they do that, then that'll be great, and it'll, it'll be, be successful. But tracks that, that fail to do that, and there are lots of tracks around the country that fail to, in several different ways, are doomed to, uh, to close, and that's sort of a, a problem that Narsport is dealing with right now as well. Um, there's also some, some consolidation I know all of you have probably heard of the fact that NASCAR and International Speedway Corporation have become one, one mega, uh, I mean, they're basically that now, but uh, have them into, into basically just NASCAR, although the ice will be the, the controlling interest, um, is kind of something uh, that might be a good thing for the sport. It might not. Uh, there's also talk about uh, Speedway Motorsports and the Corporation, the, the company that, is, that was founded. It's currently run by Putin Smith and his family, going private as well. Uh, so I don't know how that how well that'll go. I know that it has mixed results. Uh, there was a time, a long time, when IndyCar was a publicly traded company, and then they went private, and it, it succeeded. Um, but it definitely had its share of problems. So we'll see how that goes. Um, should be a great great thing in the future. There's a lot of amazing stuff going on in motorsports. There's discussions right now in Europe about the future of the sports car program. We talked about it a little, a little bit. I believe we talked about it about two weeks ago with our three weeks ago now. Our guest at that time. Uh, so that was good. Uh, again, I'm not sure if the, if the DPI program, the, the current program here at NIPSA, will be adopted wide, or if it will just be adopted by the ACO, which is the you know, the big club of the West that run the uh, mob. But there are definitely some, some good changes happening in sports cars. Uh, there's some great things happening in the lot of different racing series. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, IndyCar is their new field that's uh, going to be, be next year. Uh, that's a, a wonderful safety event. It looks a lot better than the, the Halo system that they use in Formula 1, which we also discussed in this program in the past. We did the Halo system. We'll see how that goes. Um, last weekend was a great, great weekend of racing. Uh, with the Indy 500, the Coca-Cola 600, as well as the Grand Prix of Monaco. Uh, I'd like to congratulate the winners of all three of those races. And Lewis Hamilton, who basically drove the wheels off the car, uh, literally. The, the cars were going flat for basically half the race there. So that was kind of cool. 68 laps on a set of tires that was last at most 40. is something. Um, IndyCar race, of course, with Simon Pagino, who came away with the win there. Uh, that was a pretty, pretty awesome ending to the race. If you're watching it back, uh, you definitely weren't disappointed. It was a great race. Another race at the Indianapolis 500. In the Coca-Cola 600, it was also kind of interesting race. It, it did go on for a long time. There were an awful lot of cautions, and it went at least an hour longer than the anticipated runtime for the event. 
but that was was pretty cool too. Um, Martin Drex Jr. He was in there. Just pretty pretty neat. Uh, Drex is a is an awesome guy. He does great causes and races for, and it's always cool to see him that comes away. Uh, he isn't exactly the the best uh, spokesman for the sport, I don't think, but but that's kind of the problem with that right now. They don't have exactly the best spokesman at all, uh, and they need to work on it. But that's a personal issue for the drivers and the team issue that they need to work on themselves. So, but again, it was a great weekend racing this next weekend, but Boston can be pretty cool. They've got the race there in Detroit. Uh, they got the race in Pocono. Pocono's going to be hot. It's just going to be hot. That's, that's really the only word you can think of there. Pocono means hot. Uh, it's probably going to rain in Pocono. It's probably also going to rain in Detroit. So they'll be battling uh, weather in both of those both cities. So let's we'll see how that goes. And we'll talk about it briefly next week in the Thunderdome. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder. Well, the other shows on Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. That's what I need to read the article for all sports books at SpeedwayDigest.com. I put out a few articles today in the Speedway section as well as the racing section of the site, covering a lot of motorcycle news and a little bit of news about Trans Am and other series. So be sure to check that out. Also next weekend, uh, which we'll discuss a little bit on this program as well, is the Formula Drift Series. We'll be in New Jersey next weekend. I did think an invitation to go to that, that event. Unfortunately, I do have some, some prior engagements, uh, so that won't be good. Uh, I'm going to be heading out of town this weekend, but it will not be on a drift lane paid for by a, a public place. Those are opportunities that come across your desk, and I'm always very grateful to get those. And hopefully, I get a lot more in the future. So, we'll talk about that in about two weeks, because next week I will be heading up to the Orlando area on Thursday night. So, no Thursday night, next week. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and be sure to check out the news and information about our slice of paradise at my family new site. It's starting to get a little more stuff now. For more films, fantastic finds. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and by heading HTTP, F-A-B-O-R-P-L-U-M-B-S, F-U-N-D-A-S-T-I-C, F-I-A-S.wordpress.com. That is Fulfums, fantastic finds.wordpress.com. We hope you check that out. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again in two weeks in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.